Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of For Light and Life. I'm your host, Lucy, and today we are tackling another deep topic that is both about Star Wars and a real-life issue. It's been on my mind for a while, and I figured now is as good a time as any to talk about diversity in pop culture, specifically in things like Star Wars, Star Trek, and a little bit of Marvel. If you were about to hit pause because I said Star Trek, don't. The rivalry is strong, but you can be stronger. Hispanic Heritage Month just ended, and October is a month to recognize all sorts of people. It's National Disability Employment Awareness Month, Celebrating the Bilingual Child Month, Filipino American History Month, Global Diversity Awareness Month, World Blindness Awareness Month, LGBT History Month. I could go on. There are so many events, which is fitting since there are so many people to recognize. There's a link in the description to a website if you want to read the whole list. Diversity is such a deep topic that what I say today probably is barely even scratching the surface, but I wanted to use this episode to acknowledge and be aware of those who have been historically left out, especially in science fiction pop culture. Now, of course, I am nowhere near a professional on this topic, or most topics, honestly. I am just a simpleton trying to make my way in the universe, and I learned a lot in my research for this episode, so I thought I would share that with you guys. Before we get started, I have a special challenge in honor of Halloween. If you, my delightful listeners, send in enough questions for me, and quite frankly it has to be at least 20 questions, so good thinking, by my next episode on October 30th, 2022, then that very same episode will be an Ask Me Anything. Which is what it sounds like. I answer lots of questions from you, within reason, of course. So if you want a Q&A, make sure you send in some questions. You can type your questions into the Q&A section under the episode's description on Spotify. You can email me them at forlightandlife.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can send me a voicemail with your questions using the link in the description. Remember, unless you specifically ask me not to, I will play your voicemail on the show, so keep that in mind. You can include your name in the message if you're comfortable, or you can use a username or a nickname. Otherwise, I'll just say you're anonymous. So round up your friends and family and ask me anything. And with that out of the way, let's talk about diversity. To go way back to one of the first instances of cultural and racial diversity on TV, Star Trek was pretty much the biggest pioneer for that in American television. The Cold War was going on, the country was very much segregated, and yet they boldly had a very mixed cast for that day and age. We got Lieutenant Uhura, played by Nichelle Nichols, a black actress in a time where it was pretty much unheard of for important characters to not be white men. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. himself actually said he was her biggest fan and convinced her not to quit the show because this is an important role. This is why we are marching. We never thought we'd see this on TV, which is a quote from Dr. King. The cast also included a Russian navigator. Again, this was during the Cold War, so that was a big deal. And George Takei played a Japanese crew member named Sulu. Not to mention the main character, Spock, being half-extraterrestrial, which helped along the show's themes of equality and respect among living beings and among cultures. A very famous scene in an episode titled Plato's Stepchildren includes an interracial kiss between Ahura and Kirk, which a lot of people believe was the first in TV history. It wasn't the first, but it's probably the most widely recognized one. That was such a big deal at the time, and they could have gotten a lot of negative lashback, but they still took a stand and included it anyways. 
and shockingly, most fans reacted positively to it. That was a huge milestone for American television. I want to talk really briefly about the multiverse of Marvel. I just started watching it over the summer, and I came across something really inspiring and relevant for this episode. In the 2021 movie Eternals, we have this main group of 10, well, Eternals, who are basically superpowered beings. One of those 10 main characters is someone named Makari. Now, in the Marvel comics, Makari is a white hearing man. But in the movie, this character was played by a deaf woman of color named Lauren Ridloff. And I thought that was really cool on so many levels. She's not just an important female character. She's not even just an important female character of color, which would be a great accomplishment in itself. She's a powerful female biracial deaf superhero. It doesn't get much cooler than that. Even before I was planning this episode, I immediately looked her up online because I was so blown away and interested to learn more about her and her story. Her mom was an African-American artist, and her dad was a Mexican-American and both a college counselor and a musician. Ridloff started getting involved with the arts from a young age, including acting, ceramics, hip-hop, and creative writing. Yay! There's a link in the description if you want to learn more about her, and I highly suggest you do, along with several other links to websites to learn more. Of course, in several ways, Marvel has made some bigger steps in inclusivity than Star Wars has. I mean, they have the Black Panther movie celebrating black heritage and culture, which was incredible, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which, as an Asian American myself, I found really cool, and of course, all the movies and shows with female main characters, which is still a great accomplishment. But because most of us are probably here for Star Wars, and Marvel's technically more fantasy than sci-fi, I just wanted to say that little snippet so we have more time to talk about Star Wars. Our favorite franchise has also made some big leaps in its 45 years of existence. Looking back to the first three movies, where it all began, we have some mixed thoughts about it. On one hand, the OG trilogy cast was predominantly male and very white, not to mention all the anti-female comments and actions. None of this is to shame anyone, of course, just an observation. In their defense, they did have Leia, and while she was a princess, most of the time she was a very witty, fierce character, and a main character at that, instead of a helpless maiden. And of course, there was Lando Calrissian, a very charming, complex black character played by Billy Dee Williams, who also said in a 2019 interview that he refers to himself using both masculine and feminine pronouns, another layer of diversity. Also, I apologize in advance for my mispronunciation of some of these upcoming names. I feel bad about it, but I didn't want to not acknowledge them just so I don't feel uncomfortable. Because it's natural to feel a little uncomfortable during this, and it's something important to me. My goal is to be as respectful as I can, so I am sorry. Back to the show. As for the prequel trilogy, they unfortunately did not score many more points than the originals, to some people in more ways than one, but that's a different topic. We did get Padme, who is at least a queen of a whole planet, later a senator, and has a whole crew of female handmaidens who don't talk. We got Mace Windu being the first Jedi of color, we got Captain Panaka, played by Hugh Corshi, who is of African descent, and a couple others. So at least they were starting to learn, you know, they made a little bit of effort. We now arrive in a time where things started to pick up a bit, 
in the sequel trilogy, not only did we get a female protagonist, but also a black co-star in Finn, played by John Boyega, sisters Paige and Rose Tico, played by Vietnamese actress Ronica Ngo and Vietnamese-American actress Kelly Marie Tran, and several more. This seemed about when they finally started figuring out how to give larger roles to women and people of color. And that was great, I appreciate the effort. Rose was one of, if not the first, Asian-American female character to have a large role in Star Wars, and I felt like I could relate to her more than a lot of the other characters. But, my friends, the best is still yet to come. Because in between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, we got not only my favorite Star Wars movie, but also arguably the most diverse. We had Felicity Jones as the lead, alongside Mexican actor Diego Luna, Chinese-American actor Donnie Yen as Chirrut Imwe, who is a blind Force user, Saw Gerrera played by Forrest Whitaker, Chinese actor Jiang Wen as Baze Malbus, and Riz Ahmed, who is of Pakistani descent, as Bodhi Rook, not to mention the several other female characters. As you can tell, this cast has a much wider array of cultures and representation than really any of the other Star Wars movies. And for me, this plays a big part in why I love it. It makes the whole film more interesting when not everyone looks the exact same as they have in like all the other movies. I feel like I can relate more with these characters who look more like me, and that's really what I think most people want. We want to see ourselves reflected in pop culture and media in general. We want to feel connections with people we see on TV, not just try to imagine how they feel. And that's my biggest reason for demanding diversity. So anyone can look up at the screen and find someone like them. We have quite a ways to go before that goal can be completely accomplished, but we've also made a lot of progress. Star Trek made history in 1968 with one of the first interracial kisses on TV, and almost 50 years later, we got Rogue One with a more diverse cast than any other Star Wars movie. I don't know about you, but I think we can do it. And that concludes my TED Talk. <laughs> Thank you for sticking around and listening to a teenager talk about diversity in sci-fi pop culture. Without you all supporting me, I wouldn't have this platform where I can get my thoughts out and feel heard. I really do love talking to you and hearing from you, whether you're a new friend or an old one. And I am truly grateful for every one of you, and I hope you know that you're helping a kid accomplish her dream. Speaking of hearing from new and old friends, it's time to listen to some fan voicemails. Let's transition. First up is an exciting voicemail from Addie. Hey, Miss Lucy, it's Addie back at you with another voicemail. Today is a special voicemail because I have a huge announcement. I somewhat have a date for casting. Yay! Uh, I'm not quite sure if this date will work out exactly, but I'm hoping to get it done either by December of this year or January of next year. But that's not the only announcement, although I have finished my first script. I'm working on my second. <laughs> I don't know. I just I had nothing better to do. So I'm only in the first act, but it's going to be good. It's going to be epic. I'm hoping like a little bit better than the first one. But, you know, the first is always better than the second. That's what people say. Anyway, I'm running out of time. Hope you have an awesome day. And may the first be with you. Bye. Wow, that is a lot of really cool announcements. 
I have so many questions. Your excitement is contagious, Addy. I was trying not to laugh in like a delighted and enthusiastic way when I first heard this. Well, for those of you who don't know, Addie wrote her own script for a Star Wars fan film and is directing and starring in and doing tons of cool things for it. Keep me posted on how that's going. From the way you say it, it sounds like it's a very official casting situation. Do you have like a whole crew for filming and such? Are you traveling for different settings? I've made like silly, unprofessional movies and iMovie with friends and that's about where my experience ends. I'm so curious. And you've already started on the script for the next one. Wow. Well, thank you for letting us know. To add to that excitement, we have another voicemail from Addie. Hey, Miss Lucy, it's Addie back at you with another voicemail. I just had a quick question for you. It's over, so you know what that means. Halloween season! So I have this question. What is your favorite kind of candy? Me, personally, is nerds. I've loved nerds my whole life. Funny story about nerds. On my 10th birthday, my aunt gave me 10 boxes of nerds. <laughs> and let's just say I had a sugar rush for days. Yeah, that was not fun. And also, by the way, I will try to send in a voicemail using my Omega accent. But it's very rusty at the moment. So you might not hear it as well. But, you know. Anyway, I'm running out of time. Hope you have an awesome day. May the force be with you. Bye! Favorite candy, favorite candy. I do like nerds, the strawberry ones in particular. Until recently, I pretty much just liked the chocolate ones. For instance, Twix, Kit Kats, Heath Bars. But more recently, I've started enjoying Starburst and Skittles too. And almost anything gummy, except gummy body parts, that's just a no for me. And before you all start messaging me about various Reese's things and Snickers, those aren't an option for me because I'm allergic to peanuts. For more details, go listen to my episode about allergies. But my mom is happy because she gets to eat all the candy that I can't have after trick-or-treating, so at least there's that. Thank you for the voicemails, Addie, and now it's Drabble time. If you don't have experience in fanfiction, you probably don't know what a Drabble is. And even then, you might not know. Basically, it's a little story, exactly 100 words long, and every episode I read one that I wrote which lately has been from listener requests, so feel free to send me ideas, I would love that. If you recall, a couple episodes ago, Retta suggested I do a ghost crew drabble, which I did, but it was a little rushed and not my best work. So I said I would do another one the next week. Except I forgot. So this week, I'm making up for all of that with a more thought-out Rebels drabble, and I have to say I really enjoyed writing it. Looking back, I've actually only read three cheerful, or at least not completely negative, fanfictions here, out of ten in total, despite the whole point of this podcast being light and life and general well-being, and this week also has another sad little piece. As always, it is still family-friendly, and I'm actually quite happy with this for reasons I'll talk about after. The title is Fire, and let's hear it. Ezra hadn't realized attachment was such a touchy subject, until he asked his two very different mentors. The look in Ahsoka's eyes reminded him of the Loth Wolves, distant and somber with a flicker of anguished wisdom. It destroyed the best of us, burned every part and left only ashes behind, and it can always be turned against you. 
The danger is selfishness, possessiveness, not love itself, Kanan said, his voice low. He was different, Ahsoka, you know that. Do I? The words were not sharp, only rueful. We'll have to ask the man who was my brother. All right, there are a few things I want to say about this. It was inspired by a scene in The Mandalorian Season 2, spoilers in 3, 2, 1, when Ahsoka refuses to train Grogu because of his attachments, and I believe she said something about how greater Jedi have fallen, or something similar, referring to Anakin. Heartbreak, all around. I wanted to see what would happen if she, with that mindset, talked to a Jedi like Kanan, who is clearly very pro-relationships and seems to see the Jedi Code as a thing of the past. I decided to name this fic Fire because of certain word choices I used. A flicker of anguished wisdom, burned every part and left only ashes, which, if you didn't catch, is a reference to, well, Anakin literally burning on fire on Mustafar. I am particularly proud of that mini-paragraph. And of course I had to throw in the brother bit at the end. It turns out I really like writing about the ghost crew plus Ahsoka. And maybe plus Rex also. Ooh. I'll definitely have to revisit them. And that is just about all I have to say this week. Though of course I'm about to tell you how you can connect with the podcast, help us grow, and stay up to date. First, you can send me an email through my fan email, which is forlightandlife.podcast at gmail.com, all lowercase, no spaces. This is great if you have something you want to tell me, but you, for whatever reason, can't send in a voicemail. That being said, you can definitely send in a voicemail. There's a link in the description for that. And unless it's not family-friendly or you specifically ask me not to, then I will play it on the podcast. Please leave a rating and review wherever you listen. This helps new people come over and find the podcast. And go ahead and follow the show if you like this sort of content. Come out every other Sunday. And please share the show with your community so our community can grow. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm Lucy, and let's look for the light and life in our world together.